Welcome to Twisted Tales of Madness and Murder Presents Created. Students shuffle back and forth between lab tables at a local high school as they try to get their weekly science projects completed. Mr. Parker, an aging, gray-haired science teacher in his 50s, dressed in your typical white lab coat, sits at his desk, flipping through a popular mechanics magazine, lowering it periodically to survey the class. Ethan, who is 18, dressed in jeans and a t-shirt, stands at a table in the back of the room, covered with illegible notes, when Tony, who is 17, dressed in skater attire, walks up to the table and tosses a newspaper down in front of Ethan that reads, Convicted Killer, Finally Put to Death, on the front page. Oh my God, check that shit out, dude. Did you see the big news? That scumbag Radford Owen is no more. They finally put that piece of shit down like the mangy dog he was. Ethan, obviously annoyed, glances at the newspaper, then back at his notes. That's what it says. Tony lightly punches Ethan on the arm. What do you think? Do you think he shit himself when that noose went tight or what? Ethan sighs, then looks up at Tony. Honestly, I don't really give a shit about that. Tony looks at Ethan in shock. What the fuck do you mean you don't give a shit? That crazy son of a bitch killer is part of our town's morbid history. I don't know what to tell you. Just not interested. Ethan looks back down at his notes. Well, I'll tell you, the thing that gets me is how long they let that fucker sit on death row. He was literally apprehended with blood dripping off his fucking hands. Our so-called legal system is a fucking joke. Ethan, irritated, looks at Tony. Unless you actually have something worth a shit to talk about, I, I really need to get this project done. Well, as a matter of fact, I do. Tony grabs the paper and flips it to the next page, displaying a photo of a dug-up grave at the local cemetery. That's the third grave in just two weeks has been dug up. Some sick bastard is digging up corpses and doing... <laughs> God knows what to them. Is that all you've got? <laughs> Is that all? I guess this unsettling situation of some sick fuck digging up fresh bodies just doesn't concern you. I bet, however, if that sick fuck was digging up your... Ethan reaches across the desk with his muscular arms and grabs Tony by the shirt, picking him up off the ground and dragging him across the desk so they are face to face. I strongly suggest that you shut your mouth before that sick bastard has a chance to dig up your body. The room goes silent as everyone turns their attention to Ethan and Tony. Uh, it, it's all good. I, I'm sorry, Ethan. Mr. Parker lowers the magazine and stares back at Ethan and Tony. What in the world is going on back there? Ethan glares at Tony. Just a, a little misunderstanding, sir. Mr. Parker drops the magazine on the desk. Oh, a misunderstanding. Do I need to remind you, Ethan, this is a classroom, not the football field? Ethan continues glaring at Tony. I'm well aware of that, sir. How about you act like it and put Mr. Hermanson back on the ground where he belongs, okay? Thank you. Ethan slowly lowers Tony back to the floor. Tony adjusts his shirt 
then glances around at the other students staring at him. What? Can't you see I'm just trying to get my boy here all pumped up for the big game and shit tonight? Wait, you don't just go back to minding your own business. The other students slowly return to working on their projects as Mr. Parker goes back to reading his magazine when a sudden loud bang rattles the room. Mr. Parker, irritated, stands up. What in the hell is wrong with you people? These chemicals are no joke. You need to exercise caution around them at all times. Think, people. Mr. Parker walks over to a set of large windows and swings them open, releasing the cloud of black smoke that had filled the room. Hey, you want to screw around with this stuff like it's nothing, huh? You, you? Then by all means, you do so. But I'll not be the one down on my knees picking up your damn fingers when you blow the fucking things off. Do you understand? You hear me? Mr. Parker peers around the room at all the stunned students, staring back at him. He walks over and turns off a small burner in front of the two girls that caused the explosion, then glances up at the clock. Well, thank God class is over, because you all make me sick and depressed for the future. I don't even really care if you clean up or not. I'm so done with you idiots today that I can't wait to go home and drink. Mr. Parker walks back over to his desk and sits down, going back to reading his magazine. Tony looks at Mr. Parker, shaking his head. <laughs> Holy shit, that is why teachers should never be armed. Tony turns back to Ethan and looks at the empty seat next to him. Hey, where the fuck is Dingleberry? Shouldn't his ship be here helping you right now? What are you talking about? Tony points at the empty chair next to Ethan. I'm talking about Freak Show, you know, your so-called lab partner. Ethan looks at the empty seat, then back at the papers he has begun to put away. His name is Daniel, and it's not my week to watch him. Tony shakes his head in surprise. I don't know why the hell do you even bother with that guy. He's a total pap schmear. You're the king of this fucking school who just so happens to be banging the head cheerleader. The last thing you should be doing is hanging around a guy like Freak Show. <laughs> Sorry, Daniel. You've got an image to uphold. Ethan looks at Tony. I don't really give a shit about the people at the school or you and what you think of me anymore. I, I grew up with the guy and I happen to like him. He's smarter than all of us combined. The class bell rings creating a mad rush as students dash for the door. Ethan pulls his jacket off the chair and puts it on. So you are still planning to come to my Halloween party tonight, right? I mean, this fucker is gonna kick. Ethan shrugs his shoulders. Not sure. Whoa, 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 wait a second. What do you mean you aren't sure? Dude, you gotta show up. I mean, the star quarterback and the head cheerleader have to be there. I mean, it's like tradition and shit. We'll see. Ethan pushes past several students and makes his way out the door, disappearing into the crowded hall. Ethan slowly walks toward the door to the locker bay as Beth, who is 18, dressed in her form-fitting cheerleader's uniform, her brunette hair pulled back in a ponytail and being followed by a pack of other cheerleaders, saunters up to him. Beth holds her hands up, 
silencing Ethan as she turns to the other cheerleaders with a look of disgust on her face. What the fuck is wrong with this picture, bitches? Beth glares at all of them. Unbelievable, you stupid little twats. Why is it that the cafeteria doors are open and not one of you has gone ahead to secure our table? If I end up having to sit even close to an unpopular, I will lose my fucking shit, I swear to God. The cheerleaders spin around and take off, running towards the cafeteria as Beth turns back to Ethan, shaking her head. I'm so exhausted. Controlling dumb cunts can be so tiring. Beth steps up to Ethan and kisses him. I went ahead and I picked the costumes for the party tonight. You'll be going as the priest and I, of course, will be the sexy nun. Ethan rolls his eyes. Can't we just skip the party? I'm not really in the mood. You're joking, right? This is a tent pole party, Ethan. We need to be there. You play your big game, then we show up at the party and let everybody worship us. That's how it happens, so we are not skipping it. Beth suddenly turns away from Ethan, towards another cheerleader that is walking by. What are you doing, you ditzy bitch? How many times have I told you to keep that skirt pressed and tight? You look like some kind of cheap-ass street mate. Beth turns to Ethan. When I see you after the game, your attitude better have changed. Beth runs up to the girl as Ethan turns and walks into the locker bay. Ethan steps up to his locker and opens it when he is suddenly hit with a wave of something disgusting. Oh, holy shit, what is that smell? Ethan cautiously leans forward, sniffing the inside of his locker, then raises his arm and sniffs his armpit. Oh, oh it smells like something died. Ethan pulls some books out, then swings the locker closed and is shocked to find Daniel who is 18, dressed in filthy pants and a long-sleeved shirt, kneeling in front of his locker at the end of the row. Look who finally decided to show up. Thanks for screwing me over with the science project. Daniel, frantically pulling books and papers from his locker and tossing them across the floor, ignores Ethan. Ethan walks up behind Daniel and quickly covers his nose. Oh, Jesus, Daniel. When was the last time you showered? Daniel, muttering to himself, continues to ignore Ethan and makes a mess of the locker bay floor. Ethan grabs Daniel's shoulder. You okay? Daniel springs up and grabs Ethan, pushing him up against the lockers. I finally did it! Ethan, trying to avoid the smell, holds his head back. I know for a fact it wasn't taking a shower. Ethan looks down at Daniel's filthy hands, gripping his shirt. Can you let go of me? Daniel slowly lets go as he stares at Ethan. The pieces are all coming together, Ethan. Tonight, I will be acquiring the final piece to my puzzle. And once I've gotten that, every single one of them will pay the price. A couple of students walk by, (laughs) giggling and pointing at Daniel. He jumps up and down, laughing and pointing back at them. Go ahead, get your laughs in now, motherfuckers, because before you know it, all you're going to be doing is screaming. The students continue (laughs) to laugh as they walk away, but Daniel ignores them, spinning around and falling to his knees, continuing his search through the papers. Dude, have you looked at yourself in the mirror, Daniel? You don't look so good. 
Daniel ignores Ethan as he gazes up at the fluorescent lights. Can you hear that? Ethan looks up. What? That beautiful sound of power pulsating as it feeds the lights. We often don't stop and look at the magnificence of it. Daniel turns back to Ethan. I want you to know that your kindness towards me all these years is a fact that is not lost on me. Daniel glances down, then claps his hands in excitement. Bingo! Oh, I knew I'd find it! Daniel scoops up a piece of paper, covered in math formulas, folding it up before putting it in his pocket. He turns to stare at Ethan. I need you to really listen to me right now, Ethan. Whatever plans you might have had for later this evening, after your big game, I'm going to recommend you change them, and you just stay home, safe and sound, behind your locked door. What the hell are you talking about? I want to ensure your safety, so be smart. Just go home tonight. When you wake up, you will find that this town has forever been changed. Daniel looks at his watch. Well, you look at the time. (laughs) I would love to stay and chit-chat with you, but I've got things to do and dead people to see. Ethan stares at Daniel intently. What did you just say? Daniel ignores Ethan as he sprints off around the corner. Daniel! Ethan stands in shock, trying to comprehend what he just heard when he hears Daniel yelling from around the corner. Take your hands off me right Ethan hurries to the end of the lockers and finds Mike, who is 18, one of Ethan's teammates, holding Daniel up against the wall as a couple other players stand behind him. Daniel tries to break free, but Mike slams him back against the wall, sniffing the air. You smell like shit. I was thinking of stuffing your ass in a garbage can, but it smells like you've already been living in one. Come on, Mike. Just let him go. Mike looks back at Ethan, then back at Daniel, who is smiling. Enjoy it while you can, asshole. Because the only thing you'll be pushing around soon is daisies. Mike slaps Daniel across the face. Did you just threaten me, shitstain? I'm so very sorry. Your simplistic little mind couldn't comprehend my statement delivered in such plain English. It wasn't a threat at all. It was a promise. Mike looks back at the others. Can you believe the balls on this little cocksucker? Mike turns back to Daniel and slaps his face again. I was just going to fuck with you a little, but now I think I'm going to stomp your ass. Ethan steps up behind Mike. I said, let him go. Mike looks back at Ethan. I don't really give a flying fuck what you say. This isn't a football field, so go fuck yourself. Ethan steps closer to Mike. You're right about that. This isn't the football field, so no pads and shit. You sure you want to go down that road with me? Mike lets go of Daniel and gets right in Ethan's face. What's the deal? Is your little boy toy or something? He happens to be my friend. Daniel tries to walk away, but Mike grabs him and slams him back against the wall. You move when I say you can fucking move, shit smear. Ethan knocks Mike's arm off of Daniel. Mike swings at Ethan, who ducks away from the punch, then smacks Mike in the face, (laughs) driving him back. Mike reaches up, wiping the blood from his nose. 
You just made a huge fucking mistake. Mike steps towards Ethan when all of a sudden, Coach Walker, in his 40s, wearing his small tracksuit and sporting a whistle around his neck, comes strolling around the corner. The last time I checked, boys, all the classes were held in actual classrooms and not the locker bay. Mike ignores Coach and leans in close to Ethan. You just got so lucky. You better watch your back, asshole. Get to class, Mike. Mike looks over at Daniel, standing by the door. Don't think for a second that I'm done with your sorry ass. Am I speaking Greek or something, Mike? I said move it. Mike shoves Ethan out of the way as he stomps out of the locker bay, the other players following close behind as Coach walks up to Ethan. What the hell was that all about? Just, uh, misunderstanding? Coach grabs Ethan's arm. So, this cannon ready to toss a couple of bombs tonight or what? Ethan shrugs his shoulders. I guess. Coach notices Daniel standing by the door, staring at him. Can I help you with something, son? You're not still upset with me for making you run those extra laps the other day, are you? Daniel just continues staring back at the coach. I was just trying to toughen you up a bit. Daniel slaps his own face several times, then runs out the door as Coach just shakes his head. That is one freaky fucking kid. His name's Daniel. Coach throws his hands up. Whatever. Let's just forget about that loser, Ethan, and focus on you. You've got one hell of a bright future ahead of you, son. That arm of yours is a golden ticket to fame, fortune, and... Coach carefully looks around the locker bay, making sure it is empty, then back at Ethan. Pussy. You're gonna be swimming in that shit. Here's the thing, Coach. I don't think that I really want to play... Coach holds his hands up as he looks out the window. Speaking of pussy... The coach watches as two girls wearing tight skirts walk by the window, then slaps Ethan on the back. Whew. I better follow those two and make sure they make it to their required classes. Coach quickly goes out the door as Ethan turns to leave, but runs right into Lucy, who is 17, dressed in plain clothing and wearing glasses. Stumbling, she drops her books. Oh, shit! Lucy bends down to grab her books. Oh, I'm really sorry about that. Ethan helps gather up the books and hands them to her as she pushes her glasses back up, then stands. For what it's worth, that was a really nice thing you did for your friend. And showed your true character. Ethan rubs his face. Maybe so, but I'm pretty sure I've just gone and made my life much more complicated. Being popular must really suck. Believe me, I'd rather be a nobody like you than popular. Lucy, angry, spins around and walks away. I, I'm sorry, that, that, that came out oh, all wrong. Break a leg tonight. And I don't mean that in a good way. Lucy walks out of the locker bay as Ethan sighs. Early evening has now fallen as we find Ethan standing on the football field, covered in mud, surrounded by other players. Okay. Button hook on three. The huddle breaks up and everyone goes into position, except Mike, who stands in front of Ethan. I don't give two fucks about all the scouts in the stands or your possible scholarships. You're about to eat shit. 
Mike smiles, then turns around and walks up to the line of scrimmage with all the other players. Ethan steps in behind the center and puts the play in motion. Hut! Hut! Mike! Ethan takes the snap and is stepping back when he watches Mike step aside, letting the lineman from the other team come charging at him, knocking him to the ground as the play is called dead. Coach, standing on the sideline, watching in disgust, throws his clipboard down as he stares at Ethan, laying motionless on the field. What the fuck kind of barking do you call that? This is turning into a goddamn goat rodeo, people! Coach runs out and kneels next to Ethan. Ethan, can you hear me? Ethan doesn't respond, even when Coach slaps the side of his helmet. Come on, kid. Wake the fuck up. The coach digs into his pocket and pulls out some smelling salts, which he places under Ethan's nose, his eyes flying open at the stench. There we go. That's what I'm talking about. Can you get up? Ethan struggles to get to his feet, but finally gets himself stabilized as the coach hands him the ball. Now, take us to the end zone. Ethan looks at coach, then drops the ball as well as his helmet, then walks toward the sideline. What are you doing, Ethan? We can still win this game. Oh, don't be such a pussy. You walk off this field and you are fucking up your future. Ethan ignores coach as he walks straight into the locker room, leaving the coach visibly upset as he tosses his hands up. Unbelievable. Ethan, with his eyes closed, lays on a table in the locker room, then slowly opens them only to find Daniel, whose hands are covered with dirt, standing over him. Jesus Christ, Daniel! What the hell are you doing here? <laughs> I, uh, was on my way back from collecting some ingredients and decided to swing by, see these motherfuckers happy one more time before it all goes to shit. I was just about to leave when I saw that hitch you took. So, just wanted to make sure you were okay. The roar of the crowd echoes through the air, and Daniel shakes his head in disgust. Because of them, my formative years were filled with hate and disdain. And the wanting to no longer live. What they didn't realize, but I assure you they soon will, <laughs> was what they were creating. Tonight, I'm going to be reborn and become the man I was meant to be. And what kind of man would that be? Daniel looks at Ethan with a smile. Feared. <laughs> Daniel puts his hand on Ethan's shoulder. When you get your legs under you again, I suggest you pack up and head home for the evening. What are you going to do? Just go home. Daniel walks out of the room. With the game over, Ethan, limping, walks across the parking lot toward his black Dodge Demon when he notices Beth in a crowd of students. Beth! Beth glances back, but quickly looks away. Ethan walks up to her and grabs her arm. What the hell is your problem? Beth knocks Ethan's hand away. Are you being serious right now? Mike told me all about you sticking up for Freak Show. His name is Daniel, and so what? I, I stuck up for him. He's a fucking freak and a loser. You sticking up for him or saying he's your friend just can't happen. 
What are you trying to say? I'm saying it's either me or him. Did you ever stop and think for a minute that your association with a loser like that would affect my popularity? Did you not think about my social status? Wow. I guess I never thought about that. What was I thinking? Beth grabs Ethan's hand. It's okay. We all make mistakes. What was I thinking? Dating such a bitch. Ethan pulls away from a shocked Beth. What? I think you heard me. Beth, without warning, kicks Ethan in the groin, <gasps> dropping him to the ground. Go fuck yourself. Beth turns to her friends, and they walk away, <laughs> laughing as Ethan kneels on the ground in pain. Tony walks up to him, grimacing. Oh my god, dude! She totally just kicked you in the fucking nutsack. Fuck, man. Here, come on. Let me help you up. Tony sticks his hand out as Ethan grabs it and gets up. Thanks. Ethan looks at Tony, who looks like he wants to say something. What? You know, I, I, I don't want to sound too much like a total tool bag here, but I was thinking with all, you know, the hostility in the air and all, it might be best if, you know, you didn't come to the party tonight. Ethan rolls his eyes as he walks over and gets in his car, rain beginning to pelt the pavement. Ethan speeds down a dark street as the wiper blades dart back and forth, fighting off the constant attack from the rain. I'm so sick of this town. The people just want to graduate and get the fuck out of this backwoods shit show. Ethan grips the steering wheel. Why did I ever think being popular would be fun? I mean, why did I waste my life trying to please all those ungrateful motherfuckers? Ethan stares out at the road. I should just go home right now and pack my bags and just fucking leave. Fuck all these people and this town. Ethan looks out as he passes Daniel's house. Not my circus, not my monkey. Just keep driving. Ethan slaps the steering wheel. Fuck! Oh. He's the only one that was there for me when my parents died. I can't just leave without trying to help him. Ethan slams on the brakes and puts it in reverse and drives up the heavily forested driveway to Daniel's. Ethan pulls up in front of a southern-style two-story mansion that sits in complete darkness, all except for a light coming from the master bedroom upstairs. Ethan gets out and makes his way to the front door, but changes his direction toward the guest house when he hears the sound of electricity sparking. The rain continues as thunder echoes across the sky as Ethan reaches the guest house, taking notice that all of the windows have been covered up with newspaper. He takes a step back when he is confronted by a horrible smell. Jesus, it's that smell again? Ethan, covering his nose with his shirt, walks around to the side of the guest house and finds a pile of dead animals in various stages of decay, covered in maggots. Well, that explains the smell. What have you been doing, Daniel? Ethan walks around to the front door of the guest house and finds it slightly ajar, then slowly pushes it all the way open. 
Daniel? You in there? Ethan steps into the guest house and finds it in total disarray. All the furniture has been removed and replaced with several metal tables. The floor is coated in dried mud, empty food containers and wrappers, and chunks of scrap metal and wire. Ethan's eyes water from the smell as he slowly moves through the dimly lit front room. Ethan stops next to one of the tables that has a collection of glass bottles filled with various colored liquids. One of the bottles has a flame burning under it, allowing it to boil. Ethan steps around a corner and finds a table bearing a suspicious lump covered with a dirty red stained white sheet. Each corner of the table has wires attached to it that run up to the ceiling and out of holes that have been cut out in the roof, allowing water to drip in. Yo! Daniel! You in here or what? Ethan looks over at a couple shovels resting against a wheelbarrow filled with different types of men's clothing. What the fuck have you been doing in here? Ethan steps up to the table and grabs hold of the sheet and is about to lift it up when he is startled by Daniel's voice. If I was you, I would certainly not do that. Ethan spins around to find Daniel standing behind him. I'm rather surprised to find you here, in front of me, when I specifically asked you to stay home this evening. What's under the sheet? Daniel, smiling sinisterly, walks past Ethan and up to the table. Go home, Ethan. Go home before it's too late. Daniel meticulously checks the wires running up to the ceiling. I think you need help. You don't look good at all. Daniel looks at Ethan. What are you talking about? I feel fantastic. In fact, I've never felt better. <laughs> Ethan points toward the side of the house. What's uh, with the pile of dead animals? Oh, those unfortunate critters? Or simply uh, trial and error? <laughs> they helped me to achieve my end goal. Daniel runs his fingers across the top of the sheet. Let me tell you, I, I racked my brain nonstop and was actually on the verge of just giving up. But then, one night, the shit just clicked and I was able to produce the perfect serum. The serum that helps jumpstart the brain with the assistance of a surge of electricity. <laughs> Daniel pulls out a syringe filled with green liquid. This here is the so-called secret sauce. This will bring my creation to life tonight and allow him to walk. What are you talking about? Ethan grabs the sheet. I'm warning you, Ethan. You might find something that could... Hmm, change your perception of me. We actually may have already crossed that bridge. Ethan jerks the sheet off revealing the head of Radford Owen, attached to a grotesque body of mismatched parts. He drops the sheet in shock and stumbles back. What the fuck is that bastard doing here? Daniel holds his hands up. Well, you seem rather alarmed, so I suggest you take a deep breath. Try to calm yourself down. Daniel slowly takes a step toward Ethan, 
Stay the fuck away from me. In my defense, I did tell you not to lift the sheet. Did I not? Ethan glances at the patchwork body. You're the one digging up the bodies. Ethan backs up more, tripping over another stained sheet with something underneath it. It has several wires running to it as well. <laughs> I have to ask that you please be careful where you are stepping. That just so happens to be my backup plan. Daniel takes another step toward Ethan. I'm sure you're thinking that I've gone around the bend and off the D-bend. <laughs> Perhaps you find me a little insane. Ethan looks at Daniel in surprise. A, a little? It's, a, it's more than a little. You've set a new standard for insane. Daniel holds his hands out as he takes another step toward Ethan. Come on now. Let's not get carried away with labeling. Ethan grabs one of the shovels leaning against the wall and points it at Daniel. Take another step and I'll knock you the fuck out with this! You don't need to be afraid of me, Ethan. I have no desire to see any harm come to you. A thunderclap suddenly rattles the house. Daniel looks up as he rubs his hands together. It's close now! Daniel walks over to the body and injects the contents of the syringe into it, then drops it on the floor. Ooh, soon he walks! Daniel reaches into his pocket and pulls out another syringe with an orangish liquid and injects it into his arm, then grabs a needle attached to a thin wire and sticks it into his neck. The fuck did you just inject into your body? That would be my safety net. <laughs> I can't go having this madman run around unchecked. I have to be able to control him. Daniel taps the needle in his neck. When the power surge hits, we will basically become like one. With me becoming the boss, of course. Ethan stares at Daniel. You're delusional, man. There's no way in hell that thing's coming back to life. All you've done is create a monument of your sickness. Christ, Daniel, that, that sick fuck killed a dozen people, including children. Daniel shrugs his shoulders. I couldn't afford getting somebody with a compassionate brain that would end up becoming conflicted when it came time to do the deed. So when Radford here became an option, it was a no-brainer. Daniel slaps the side of his head, laughing. <laughs> Get it? No-brainer? None of this makes sense, Daniel. Why are you doing this? You must be joking! Right? <laughs> you have seen what I go through on a daily basis at that school. For years, I have been pushed around and bullied, treated like a fucking animal, tortured for their enjoyment. So, to answer your question, Ethan, it's for revenge. After tonight, I'm sorry to say, you won't be able to field much of a football team in this town. I, I know what you've been through, Daniel, and I'm... I'm sorry about that, but what you what you need right now is, is professional help. Hurting other people is not the answer. It's the only answer! Do you know that one night in this very room, 
I sat against the wall with the barrel of a handgun in my mouth and my finger on the trigger. I was literally contemplating blowing my own brains out because I was led to believe that I was a lesser human by all those that pushed me around. Then, then it dawned on me. Daniel snaps his fingers. Why should I end my existence because of them? Instead, why not end their existence because of me? You're not thinking right, man. You have never been in my position. So you would have no idea how I am thinking right now and how right it is. Daniel looks up. Can you feel that? That feeling of electricity in the air. The lightning will be here soon. Then it's showtime! You see, the combination of the serum and the surge of electricity that can only come from a bolt of lightning will, in a lack of a better word, jumpstart his life force. Ethan reaches in and pulls out his cell phone. What do you think you're doing? What's it look like? I'm calling you some help. I'm afraid I can't let you do that. Daniel reaches into his pocket and pulls out a small box with a button on it that he pushes. Feel free to try your phone, but I just rendered it useless. Ethan pushes on his phone, but nothing happens. Told ya. <laughs> this neat little thing shuts down all phones and radio type communication gadgets, basically within a half mile. It also lingers, so anybody that enters the area will find their electronic devices useless. Ethan moves toward the door. Are you going someplace? As much as I'd like to stay around and watch you slip further into insanity, somebody needs to get you help. I've already told you, I don't want any harm to come to you. But if you walk out that door right now, I will be pulling that offer off the table. These damn things are like bloodhounds, and Radford has your scent already, because you're in the room, <laughs> and he will track you down. Like I already told you, I control them. The room is all of a sudden engulfed with a bright light that sends sparks in every direction. It's happening! The wires begin to glow a bright red as Daniel looks down at the body. Oh, come to life! Walk again! Without warning, an explosion tosses Daniel and Ethan to the floor. Smoke fills the room, and all is silent, except for the occasional crackling sound coming off the dangling wires. Ethan slowly gets to his feet, glancing around at the destroyed room. Daniel? Oh. Ethan looks over at the body of Radford Owen. He startles when Radford's hand starts twitching. What the f- <laughs> Told you it'd work! Ethan spins around to find Daniel standing behind him with smoldering hair. Ooh, you've just witnessed history, my friend. I've just become a god! I know you don't think so, but uh, you need help. I'm getting your parents. Ethan runs past Daniel and out the door. <laughs> Give my regards to the folks. Ethan sprints across the yard, through the rain. 
reaching the front door and pounding on it. Mr. and Mrs. Davis, open the door! It's an emergency! Ethan bangs several more times, before finally trying the knob. Finding the door unlocked, Ethan steps into the extensive entryway. Ethan's shoes squeak on the marble floor as he walks toward an end table with a phone on it. Hello? Anybody home? Kind of have a problem. Ethan picks up the phone and finds it dead. Of course. Ethan walks over to the bottom of the stairs. Mr. and Mrs. Davis, I really need to talk to you. Ethan slowly walks up the stairs and stops in front of the master bedroom door and knocks. Hello? Ethan slowly opens the door and steps in, discovering the decapitated bodies of Daniel's parents propped up in chairs and sitting at a small table facing each other. Their heads, which have their eyes covered with black electrical tape, sit on dinner plates in front of them. Oh my God. Ethan jumps forward when Daniel suddenly grabs his shoulder. I, I see you found the parents. Did they have anything worthwhile to say? <laughs> you fucking snapped, dude. You killed your parents. Daniel smiles. Don't you shed a fucking tear for those tyrants. They were just as bad as everybody at school. They beat me down every day with their constant verbal attacks. Most teenagers don't get along with their parents, but they don't kill them. Well, I'm obviously not most teenagers, am I? I'm getting the sheriff. Ethan moves toward the door, but Daniel blocks his path. I can't let you do that. I would like to see you stop me. Daniel holds his hands up. Oh, I won't stop you. That's what I thought. Daniel steps aside, motioning toward the door as Ethan hurries past, but is suddenly yanked up <gasps> off the floor by one of Radford Owen's hands. Oh, you didn't let me finish. <laughs> I said I wouldn't stop you, but my new best friend, Radford, would. Ethan, <gasps> struggling to breathe, stares into Radford's solid white <gasps> eyes. I really wish you would have just gone home. Your name was not to be put on the list. Radford tosses Ethan, with no effort, into a stand-up mirror, smashing it to pieces and crumpling to the floor. Ooh, ow! Ooh, that had to hurt. Radford lumbers across the room toward Ethan, who grabs a shard of glass as Radford grips him by the back of the neck, picking him up. Ethan jams the piece of glass into Radford's neck, Black goo squirting from the wound. Radford lets out a hideous scream, tossing Ethan out the bedroom window as Daniel walks up and scrutinizes Radford's neck. What the fuck are you screaming about? You're already fucking dead. This shit is just a surface wound. Ethan, cut up and bleeding, hangs from the first story gutters as Daniel leans out the window. Things got a little out of control, right? And, and you clearly weren't in the right headspace. With that being said, why don't you come back in, and we can have a more level-headed dialogue. Why don't you just fuck yourself? 
Okie dokie then. I guess that officially ends our friendship. Ethan moves to get a better grip and the gutter snaps and he plunges into a large bush, breaking his fall. Ethan rolls out of the bush, then gets to his feet, staring up at Daniel before dashing to his car. Daniel stands at the window, watching as Ethan speeds out of the driveway. That poor son of a bitch has no idea that his actions are just adding more names to my list. Daniel looks at Radford. Since I know where he's going, we might as well just hang around here a little longer than expected. Because I'm sure we'll end up with a visitor. Daniel walks over to his mother's head and pulls the tape off. (laughs) I told you I'd be somebody of relevance someday. You cunt. Daniel grabs her head and slams it against the wall, bursting it open, spilling out her brains. Sheriff Carter, in his fifties, and his rookie, Deputy Storm, in his twenties, sit at a desk playing cards. A pile of money sits in the middle of the table. All of a sudden, Ethan comes charging in. Carter spins around with his gun drawn and aimed at Ethan, then quickly lowers it. For fuck's sake, Ethan, what the hell is wrong with you? You're lucky I didn't drop your dumb fucking ass charging in here like gangbusters and shit. Ethan, soaked from the rain and covered in cuts and blood, takes a deep breath as Carter gets up and slowly walks over to the counter. What the holy hell happened to you? You look like hammered shit. There's really no easy way to say this, so I'm just gonna say it. Daniel killed his parents and has brought Radford Owen back to life. Carter looks over at Storm, then back at Ethan. Are you high on something, son? Listen to me. He's the one that's been digging up all the bodies. He he plans on going on a killing spree tonight. We are talking about that skinny little runt Daniel Davis, right? The one that couldn't fight his way out of a wet paper bag? I I know it sounds crazy, Sheriff, and had I not actually seen all of this, I wouldn't believe it myself. Carter looks at Ethan's head. I heard you took one hell of a hit tonight, but I didn't think it was that hard. Sheriff... I'm not screwing with you right now. If I had a nickel for every asshole that called up here or came in on Halloween and tried to convince me that some monster vampire goddamn gremlin was out running around tearing up the town, believe me, I would be a very rich man. Ethan, angry, slams his hand down on the counter. I'm trying to tell you that shit in this town is about to spin out of control, and if you don't put uh, put the, the donuts down and get off your fat ass and do something about it, more people are going to die! Ethan points at himself. Just look at me! I was literally tossed out of a fucking second-story window by Radford Owen! Carter points at the door. I strongly suggest that you turn yourself around right now and walk out that door and I'll forget you are ever here. Sheriff, I'm- Carter hits the counter with his nightstick. Now. Ethan slowly steps back. You know what? In the morning when this town is soaked in blood, I want you to remember that you could have stopped it, but you decided not to do your fucking job. Carter points the nightstick at him. That's it. I've had just about enough of this shit. Carter comes around the counter and grabs Ethan, slamming him against the door, pulling his arms back, cuffing him. You just had to keep pushing it, didn't you? 
I was trying to be a nice guy. Please, Sheriff, you've got to do something. Carter pushes Ethan towards Storm. Uh, what should I do with them? The holding cell is still covered in Johnson's puke from earlier. Ethan here has supposedly seen all kinds of fucked up shit tonight, so a little puke shouldn't bother him at all. Storm walks Ethan to the holding cell. Sheriff, you've got to do something! Daniel has lost it. He's, he's going to go on a killing spree. Carter ignores Ethan as Storm pushes him through a doorway and out of sight. Storm opens a cell door and pushes Ethan in. He slips and slides on vomit that has been sprayed all over the floor. Then Storm slams the door behind him. What the fuck? You, you can't keep me in here? This is d disgusting. You should have just left like you said. Now get your ass over here and turn around if you want those cuffs off. Ethan carefully steps around the vomit and turns his back to Storm, who unlocks his cuffs. You, you, you gotta talk to the sheriff. I, I, I'm, I'm telling you the truth about Daniel. <laughs> you keep talking like a nut job and the sheriff will never let you out. Storm walks out and back into the main room, finding Carter putting on a yellow rain slip. Where are you going? It's getting about that time again to do my round, so I, I figured I'd head out a little early and swing by the Davis place and give it a little look-see. Uh, are you kidding me? Don't tell me you actually believe that kid in there. Fuck no. But I don't feel like sitting in here with you all night. I'll be back in a while, so hold the fort down. Carter walks out. Storm walks back into the holding cell area, finding Ethan standing with his hands on the bars. Will you please just let me talk to the sheriff? Well, you can't, because he's gone. He's gone? Where did he go? He went to follow up on your bullshit story. Let me tell you something. I would hate to be in your shoes when he gets back. You, you, you gotta call him and stop him. He, he can't go by himself. He, he's gonna need help. Storm ignores Ethan as he drags a chair over to a desk with a small TV on it and turns it on. He flips through the channels and stops when he finds the movie The Thing playing. Uh, I haven't seen this in years. I'm telling you, he can't go there by himself. The sheriff's a big boy and can take care of himself. Well, shut the fuck up so I can watch this. Ethan kicks the bars of the cell. <sighs> Fucking idiots! Carter pulls up to the Davis house and slowly steps out surveying the area, then walks up to the front door and knocks on it several times. Carter listens at the door, but gets no response, so he knocks again. Anybody home? It's a sheriff. Carter grabs the doorknob and is about to turn it when all of a sudden it swings open, revealing Daniel standing in the entryway. Jesus Christ! You scared the shit out of me, Daniel. My apologies. That was not my intention. Uh, what do we owe the pleasure of this unexpected visit on a rainy Halloween night? I assume you're not looking for candy. It's actually kind of a funny story. Ethan came into the station tonight swearing up and down that you killed your parents and created some kind of monster from recycled body parts. Really? He said all that. He sure did. Where is he now? I tossed his ass in the drunk tank to teach him a lesson. Carter glances around Daniel into the dark house. Since I'm out here, I thought I would chat up your folks. Where they at? Daniel smiles. Oh, they're 
upstairs, dead in their bedroom. Good one. Seriously, where's the old man? I need to talk to him about some of that crypto crap he told me to invest in. Daniel shrugs his shoulders. Not sure what you really want me to say here, because nothing's changed. Earlier today, I removed both their fucking heads upstairs, in their bedroom, and they've been dead ever since. Footsteps thump behind Carter, and he spins around, only to find the monstrous Radford just inches away from him. Holy shit! Radford slams his hands against the sides of Carter's head, exploding it and sending blood and brain matter in all directions, his lifeless body collapsing to the ground. Daniel stares at Radford in amazement. You certainly are one strong motherfucker. Daniel leans down and pulls the sheriff's star off Carter's shirt and carefully attaches it to his shirt, then looks up at Radford. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I am ready to show this fucking town how scary Halloween can be. <sighs> However... I think we should pay our friend Ethan a little visit. Ethan, standing in the jail cell, holds onto the bars looking out. Deputy, could you please at least just call the sheriff and make sure he's okay? It's been over an hour. Storm, annoyed, turns and stares at Ethan. What part of keep your mouth shut do you not understand? Please just call him. I promise if you do, I'll stay quiet. Storm cocks an annoyed eyebrow at Ethan, then pulls out his phone, staring down at it, weird. What's wrong? Storm taps his phone several times. The damn thing isn't working. Just great. Something crashes in the lobby, drawing Storm's attention. Sheriff? Is that you? You need to call for backup right now, before it's too late. Storm looks at Ethan, surprised. I don't know what kind of town you think this is, but I am the backup. Storm slowly walks up to the door. Sheriff, you out there? Storm carefully looks out into the dark room when he is suddenly grabbed <gasps> by Radford and jerked towards him. Deputy? Storm screams in horror as his bones snap over and over again while his flesh is torn from his body followed by silence. Storm's body comes tumbling back into the room, twisted and bent in unnatural positions. His lower jaw has been torn off, blood pooling on the floor. Ethan steps back as Radford stumps in, carrying the lower half of Storm's jaw in his hand. Oh, Jesus Christ. Daniel casually walks into the room, glancing down at the TV. Holy shit! I love this fucking movie! John Carpenter really knocked it out of the park with this one. Daniel grabs the chair and sits down in front of the TV. The practical effects are... They're amazing. Yeah, so much better than all that bullshit CGI they use today in every fucking movie. Not to mention, Kurt Russell is one badass motherfucker. If I didn't have so much shit to accomplish this evening, I'd sit here and watch it with you. Daniel slowly gets up and looks at Ethan, standing in the middle of the cell. I gotta say, I had every intention of killing you when I got here for ratting me out and trying to ruin my evening. But I must admit, seeing you locked up, unable to do anything to stop me, changed my mind. 
It's not too late to stop yourself. Why would I stop myself? <laughs> I'm having the time of my life. This is my, my moment to shine. My chance to make a mark on history. Daniel looks down at his watch. Speaking of making a mark, I gotta go. Daniel pulls out a little notepad with a list of names and looks it over with a smile. Looks like my next stop will be everybody's favorite pedophile gym coach. Daniel shows the notepad to Ethan. You don't have to do this. Daniel slowly gets up and steps toward the cell, coming to a stop next to Radford, and looks down at the vomit-covered floor. Enjoy your accommodations, because I have a feeling <laughs> you are going to be stuck in here for a while. Daniel turns to leave, but stops and snaps his fingers as he turns back to Ethan. By the way, I'm going to borrow your car. Hope you don't mind. Toodles. Daniel laughs as he walks out with Radford, right behind him, who drops Storm's lower jaw on the floor. Daniel! Don't do it! The coach, wearing an old sweatsuit, sits in front of his computer, staring at a hidden video feed from the girls' locker room. All right, now that's what I'm talking about. He watches some of the girls starting to get undressed as he reaches down and slides his hand into his pants, but is startled by the doorbell. Goddamn trick-or-treaters. Coach quickly slides his hand out, then pauses the video before getting up and walking toward the door, grabbing a bowl of candy on the way. Of all the nights to have the house to myself, it had to be on Halloween. Coach opens the door, finding several eagerly waiting trick-or-treaters, and quickly throws a handful of candy at them. This is your friendly reminder that it's past 10 o'clock, you little shits. Now get the fuck off my porch. Coach slams the door, then walks back to his computer. Now, where was I? Coach sits down and clicks play on the video. The doorbell rings again as Coach gets up. You have got to be kidding me. And walks to the door and swings it open, only to find an empty porch. Oh, you little son of a bitches. The Coach walks out onto the porch and looks around, searching, when all of a sudden the sound of breaking glass startles him from inside the house. What the fuck? The coach slowly sticks his head back into the house. Hello? Walking over to one of the front windows, Coach looks in and sees nothing. Little pieces of shit wanna play games with me? Oh, I'll play fucking games. Coach slowly steps into the house and quietly closes the door behind him, pulling open the closet and grabbing a baseball bat. With the bat raised, he slowly walks into the kitchen and finds one of the window panes in the back door busted out. Those little cocksuckers. Coach looks down at a pair of muddy footprints, crossing the kitchen and going down the hall. Oh, you little shitbags picked the wrong house to break into. Coach follows the footprints down the hall to a closed door leading to the master bedroom. He reaches down and grabs the handle of the door. I'm gonna knock you little bastards into next week. Coach quickly swings the door open and finds a shadowy figure standing in the darkness and without hesitation, he swings the bat <clears throat> and makes contact alongside its head. Take that, motherfucker! 
The figure doesn't move as Coach swings again, but this time the bat snaps in half on impact. Coach, off balance, stumbles and falls to the floor. Coach looks up, just as a lightning strike outside floods the room with light, revealing Radford's grotesque features. What the fuck? Coach backpedals down the hall to the living room, Radford marching up right behind him. Stay the fuck away from me! Radford suddenly puts his foot down on Coach's chest, pushing him all the way to the floor, several of his ribs cracking as he screams out in pain. For Christ's sake, stop being such a fucking pussy, Coach! Coach, in pain, looks up at Daniel, sitting at the computer, watching the video. Daniel? Daniel throws his hands up in the air in surprise. Holy shit! <laughs> you do know my actual name! Coach sticks his hand out toward Daniel as another rib crack echoes through the house. Uh, help me! Apparently, you are in need of some serious help. Daniel points at the computer. Secretly recording underage girls changing. Daniel reaches over and picks up a tissue box. Then, jerking off to it... Daniel tosses the box on the ground. Ooh, that is pretty fucked up! Help me, please! You are in luck, sir. I just so happen to be in the mood to providing you with the help needed. Another rib cracks and ah! screams out. Hmm. You know, I'm gonna have Radford here pull your insides out through your asshole. Coach looks at Daniel. Then without warning, Radford flips him over, ripping his pants off along with his underwear, then shoves his hand up Coach's ass, tearing it open as he goes deeper and deeper. Coach screams as Radford slowly pulls out his insides, dropping them on the floor. Coach takes his last couple of breaths as Daniel looks down at him, smiling. <laughs> I guess... You could check off getting fisted from your bucket list. Coach dies as Daniel looks at Radford, then pulls out his notebook and crosses off the coach's name. Lucy walks into the police station, finding the lights off. Sheriff, you here? What's the deal with the lights? Lucy steps up to the counter. Sheriff? Help me! I'm back here! Lucy looks toward the back as she slowly steps to the edge of the counter. Is that you, Sheriff? You've got to get me out of here! Help! Lucy slowly walks toward the back room and steps into the holding area, glancing down at Storm's mangled and twisted body, then at Ethan. Very funny. This is no joke! You, you've got to get me out of here! Where's the Sheriff? He's probably dead. <laughs> I suppose just like this guy is supposed to be? Lucy walks up to Storm's body. I, I wouldn't if I were you. Lucy reaches down, but quickly steps back when the realization hits her. Oh my god. He's really dead. Lucy quickly backs away from the body, but slips on the pool of blood and stumbles, falling against the bars of the <coughs> cell. Ethan quickly puts his arm around her, holding her in place so that she will listen to him. Somebody help me! Please, he's trying to kill me! What are you talking about? I'm not trying to kill you. 
<laughs> Let me go! Will you just calm down? Lucy stops screaming. Thank you. Like I said, I didn't kill him, and I'm not trying to kill you. If you didn't kill him, then who did? Daniel Davis did. You are such a terrible liar. Of all the people to use, he's the most unbelievable. There is no way he could have done this. Well, he did. And if you don't get me out of here, more people are going to die tonight. You need to let me go. Will you please help me? Let me go! Ethan sighs, then pulls his arm back. <sighs> now, if I was a killer, would I have let you go? Lucy adjusts her clothing, then steps away from the cell, avoiding the blood, then reaches into her pocket and pulls her phone out. I need to call the state police or something. Go ahead and try, but it won't work. Lucy pushes on her phone, but nothing happens. It's not working. Like I said. Lucy looks at Ethan. How would you know if my phone was working or not? Daniel has this thing that basically disables all communication devices, and if you come into an area where he's been, it basically fucks with your stuff. Lucy puts her phone back in her pocket, then looks at Ethan. So Daniel really did this? Yes and no. He brought back Radford Owen, and he's going around killing people. He has his fucking kill list. Lucy just stares at Ethan. Will you please just let me out? I need to stop him before he kills more people. Lucy stands in silence for a couple seconds, then nods her head. Okay. I'll help you. Ethan steps back and claps his hands together. Yes! Okay, so you're going to need to get the, the keys to the cell. Where are they? Ethan hesitantly points at Storm's body. On his belt. Lucy turns and looks at Storm. Of course they are. Daniel drives down a street with Radford sitting in the passenger seat when he notices Jeff, who is 18, a player on the football team, dressed in a gangster costume, standing next to his car with the hazard lights on. Now this is what you call convenience. Daniel pulls over to the side of the road, then grabs his notebook, flipping it open and scanning the list. Mm -hmm. Ah, just like I thought! <laughs> Daniel flips the notebook closed, then rolls the window down, just as Jeff comes running up to the driver's window, staring at Daniel in shock. What the fuck is going on here? Where's Ethan? Oh, you might say he's having an opportunity to reflect on things. So, he's staying in for the night. However, he was kind enough to let me borrow his car. Speaking of cars, looks like you might be having trouble with yours. Jeff ignores Daniel as he leans down, looking over at Radford. What the fuck are you supposed to be? Who is that? Oh, that's Radford! Jeff smacks Daniel's head. Like I really give a fuck, Cumstain. Pop the trunk on this bitch so I can get the spare out. Daniel looks over at Brandy, sleeping in the passenger seat. Jeff glances back at her, then back at Daniel, slapping him in the face. That's my bitch, so keep your creepy little peepers off her. Are you going to pop the fucking trunk or what? Jeff reaches in and grabs Daniel by the hair. I'd hate to have to kick your pathetic ass in front of your boyfriend and all. 
<laughs> Out of curiosity, have you ever wondered what Coach's asshole tasted like? Jeff grips Daniel's hair tighter. What the fuck? Radford suddenly punches his hand down Jeff's throat, bulging it out. Jeff gags and struggles as he tries to break free, but Radford just stuffs his hand deeper down his throat. Jeff's eyes bulge out as he suffocates. <laughs> What's wrong? Got something stuck in your throat? Brandy, who is 18, dressed in a revealing French maid costume, lays back in the seat of Jeff's car with her eyes closed when something knocks on the window. Stop fucking around already, Jeff. We should have been at the party an hour ago. Just get in the car and let's go. The knocks on the window repeat, and Brandy opens her eyes, only to spot Daniel sitting on the hood, smiling and waving at her. Well, hello there. Brandy sits up in the seat, confused. What the fuck are you doing here, freak show? Brandy looks out the window past Daniel. Where the hell is Jeff? Daniel puts his hand to his ear. What's that? You're, you're going to need to speak up. Brandy rolls down the window. I said, where's Jeff? Oh, we were having a great conversation when all of a sudden he became rather tongue-tied. <laughs> However, he did specify that you were his bitch, so you might want these. Brandy watches as Daniel drops Jeff's eyeballs on the front window. Brandy stares in shock as they slide down the glass, then screams as she quickly rolls up the window. Somebody help me! Brandy grabs her purse and dumps it out as Daniel stares at her, smiling. You're wasting your time. It won't work. Brandy picks up her phone and deliberately dials 911. But she gets no signal. Come on! Hate to say I told you so. Brandy lowers the phone as she looks out at Daniel. Please don't hurt me. I didn't do anything to you. Daniel puts a finger to his ear, and Brandy rolls the window down the crack. I said please don't hurt me. I never did anything to you. Daniel smiles as he nods his head in agreement. Physically? That is true. If you want to get all technical about things, you know, you never harmed a hair on my head. <laughs> Daniel's smile turns into a glare before slapping the side of his head. Now mentally, on the other hand, you fucked with me on a daily basis. Tears start to roll down Brandy's face. I'm so sorry about that. I didn't know what I was doing. Look at you, crying and... and oh, you should have been in drama. <laughs> Please don't hurt me. Just let me go. I'm feeling somewhat forgiving tonight. Maybe because it's Halloween and you've taken this opportunity to dress all slutty. So, I'm going to give you a chance. Really? Here's what's going to happen. Pay attention now because I, I wouldn't want you to get all confused. Are you ready? Brandy wipes away the tears. I'm going to give you... Five-minute head start, you know, to get away from me. I will literally sit right here for five minutes without moving. Seriously? Daniel holds his hand up. Hand to God. I will not move from this spot for five minutes. Daniel looks down at his watch. 
But the clock is ticking. Brandy grabs hold of the door handle, then looks back at Daniel as he taps on his watch. You are wasting valuable seconds, my dear. Brandy swings the door open and frantically climbs out, turning to run, but slams right into <gasps> Radford as she trips and falls to the ground. Brandy screams as Radford grabs her by her legs, picking her up off the ground, her skirt falling down to reveal lacy black panties. <laughs> Thank God you decided to wear panties today, or this could have been really embarrassing. Let me go! Brandy thrashes around, screaming as Daniel climbs down off the hood, leaning down so he can look into her eyes. If you would just stop with all the screaming, I have a question for you. Brandy stops screaming and thrashing around. Please just let me go. What's better than one Brandy? What? Well, two of course. Brandy looks at Daniel confused when Radford suddenly pulls her legs apart, tearing her body in half, dropping the two halves on the ground. Holy fuck sticks, that is disgusting. But also, like, really fucking cool. You literally tore her from her crotch to her head. Daniel flips his book open and runs his finger down the list of names. There you are. <laughs> Daniel crosses off her name, as well as Jeff's, then looks at Radford. I don't know about you, but I think I'm ready to party. Daniel laughs as he walks back to the Dodge Demon, with Radford right behind him. <laughs> Lucy lets Ethan out of the cell, and he immediately begins searching the room. What are you looking for? I'm going to need a weapon of some kind. Shouldn't we just try to find help? <laughs> I wish it was that simple, but by the time we actually find somebody that didn't think I was a fucking crazy person, he would have killed half the town. I still don't believe you. Then why the fuck did you let me out the cell? Deep down, I know you couldn't possibly kill anybody. Well, thanks for the vote of confidence. Ethan walks over to a rack and pulls a shotgun off it, then studies it, then grabs a small handgun. These should do the trick. Ethan looks over at Lucy. Do you have a car I can borrow by chance? No, but I can drive you someplace. That's a bad idea. I can't let you come along. It's not safe. Unless you want to walk? It looks like I'm your only option. Daniel pulls up and parks in front of Tony's house, where the party is raging on. He climbs out of the car as two people run by wearing the same Scream costume. Are you fucking kidding me with that shit? Is it that hard to come up with something original? I mean, the first one was brilliant. But the rest sucked dick and, and just kept repeating the same old bullshit. Daniel shakes his head in disgust as he casually walks to the front door. Daniel strolls into the party with Radford behind him. Teenagers, dressed in costumes, are running all over the house, drunk and acting stupid. A cloud of marijuana smoke hovers above the crowd surrounding two large speakers in the living room, playing some techno music. Daniel looks back at Radford. They make it so fucking easy. It's gonna be like shooting fish in a barrel. 
Ethan sits in the passenger seat as Lucy stares out the window intently as she drives down the road. So, exactly what is it that we're going to stop? Ethan looks over at her. It's a long story. Well, how about you give me the Cliff Notes version? Ethan rolls his eyes. Somehow, Daniel found a way to bring Radford Owen back to life and use him as a weapon for revenge. Radford Owen? The serial killer that was put to death? That's who we're talking about? Yes. So what you're telling me is that Daniel basically created Frankenstein? That's what I'm telling you. He plans on using Radford to help him kill all the people that have treated him like shit all these years. Lucy shakes her head. That's one long list. No shit. Maybe we should go and talk to his parents. They might be able to help. I think they were number one and two on the list. Lucy looks down at the shotgun in Ethan's hands. If this thing that we're going to try to kill is- I'm going to kill. You are staying in the car. Lucy looks at Ethan. If this thing that you're going to kill is already dead, do you really think bullets will kill it? Ethan looks over at her. Shit. I never thought about that. But I'm sticking with the guns. Besides, in the movies, they always blow the head off the zombies to kill them. Maybe it wouldn't be a bad idea if we stopped by the church. For what? Cup of holy water and some crosses. We're not dealing with a vampire, Buffy. Well, excuse me for trying to help. The thing is dead, and if I'm not mistaken, vampires are dead. It's a different kind of dead. Lucy looks out the window at the trees going by. What about a wooden stake? You're still talking about vampires. Silver bullet? Werewolf? Ethan glances out the window and notices Jeff's Mustang off the side of the road. Stop the car! What? Just stop the fucking car! Lucy slams on the brakes, forcing the car to slide to a stop. What's wrong? That's Jeff Parker's car back there. So? Ethan swings his door open. Jeff would never leave his baby sitting on the side of the road. Ethan gets out of the car with the shotgun in his hand and slowly walks towards Jeff's car as Lucy sits, watching him in the rearview mirror. As Ethan gets closer, he finds Jeff's mangled body in the front seat with a note attached to his chest that reads, Bonus in the trunk. Ethan reaches down into the car and grabs the lever for the trunk popping it open, then walks back and stands in shock at the sight of Brandy's body. Holy shit. Concentrating on the carnage, Ethan doesn't hear Lucy walk up behind him. What's the deal? You getting the spare tire or something? Ethan spins around with the gun raised, but quickly points it away. Did I not just tell you to stay in the car? Yes, but... Lucy stops as she notices Brandy's body. Oh my god. Ethan grabs her and turns her away from the gruesome scene. That was Brandy. I have second period with her. Lucy, visibly shaken by the scene, holds on to Ethan. We have to get to that party. We can't just leave her out here like this. Trust me, she isn't going to mind. Lucy tries to turn back around, but Ethan stops her. Promise, we'll contact the right people to take care of her, but if we don't hurry, more people are sure to end up dead. 
Daniel is casually walking down the hall towards the kitchen when he is shoved into the wall by a very drunk Beth carrying two empty cups and being followed by Vanessa, who is 18. What's up, Beth? Where the hell have you been? Beth just keeps walking into the kitchen where someone dressed in a Barney costume has their head under the keg, soaking the mask with beer. Beth? Beth turns around. Jesus Christ, Vanessa, take a fucking chill pill. I've been upstairs with Mike. With Mike? What about Ethan? The person in the Barney costume falls to the floor as Beth steps over him, filling one of the empty cups while Vanessa stares at her. Stop looking at me like that, bitch. A girl's gotta look out for her popularity. Daniel stands in the dark hallway watching Beth. If anybody is looking for me, I'm up in the master. Beth finishes filling up the plastic cups and walks out of the kitchen, down the hallway, and up the stairs. Daniel steps up to the bottom of the stairs, watching as Beth walks into the master bedroom, closing the door. That bitch has no idea what's coming her way. <laughs> Daniel, smiling, turns to Radford. Since we know where the two top-of-the-list people are, let's go ahead and pick off some of this low-hanging fruit first. <laughs> Daniel looks around at all the kids. Time to really crank up this party! Lucy stops the car in front of the party as Ethan peers out at several of the kids in the front yard, then turns to Lucy. You're staying in the car. Lucy looks at Ethan, insulted. What are you talking about? I'm fully capable of taking care of myself. Besides, what if you need my help? I'll be fine. Remind me, who was the one that got you out of that jail cell? Just stay in the car. Ethan gets out as Lucy glares at him. Ethan runs across the street into the front yard where he is stopped by Patrick, who is 18, and Jack, also 18 both obviously drunk. What's uh, going on, guys? We should be asking you that question. I thought you were told not to show up tonight. Holy shit. I think he still thinks he's part of the cool group. Ethan tries to walk around them, but Patrick grabs him and throws <laughs> him to the ground, placing his foot on his chest. Jack, <laughs> laughing, pours his beer on Ethan's face. You had it all, the hot girl, team captain, but you tossed it all away for some loser. Why the fuck would you do that? The sound of a shotgun being cocked behind them startles Jack and Patrick. They turn and find Lucy aiming the gun at them. Maybe he realized he wasn't your average, everyday, dumbass, cocksucking jock. Jack drops his beer. It's all good, baby. Just put the gun down before you hurt yourself. I'm not your fucking baby. Now take your fucking foot off him. Patrick slowly lifts his foot off Ethan and steps back. Ethan gets to his feet as Lucy keeps the gun on them. Why don't you two limp dicks get your asses out of here before I give you another hole to shit out of? Jack and Patrick both turn and run. So much for you not needing help. Ethan looks at the shotgun, then at Lucy. Another hole to shit out of? What can I say? I was caught up in the moment. Ethan and Lucy are walking up to the front door when it suddenly swings open. A crowd of screaming kids rushing past them. Safe to say we're in the right spot. Lucy raises the shotgun. Well then, let's go pull the plug on this little experiment, shall we? Ethan grabs one of the kids running out of the house. 
Where's Daniel Davis? That motherfucker's gone crazy, man. Ethan shakes him. Where is he? Last I saw, he went upstairs with that weird-ass looking creature. Daniel and Radford walk into the master bedroom, finding Mike having sex with Beth. Quietly, Daniel walks up to the foot of the bed. <laughs> I sure in hell hope you're practicing safe sex because rumor has it she's riddled with STDs. Mike, angry, looks back at Daniel. What the fuck? Beth glares at Daniel and Radford. Get the fuck out. Mike slides off the bed and pulls his underwear on, walking up to Daniel as Beth pulls the covers all the way up. Oh, I see why you act all tough now. You gotta compensate for that tiny cock. I'm gonna pound the shit out of you. I don't think you'll be doing that. The fuck I won't. Mike swings at Daniel, but Radford ah! catches his arm and tosses him across the room and into a dresser, dropping a collection of family photos to the ground. Told ya. Daniel steps up to the bed and quickly puts his hand around Beth's throat, strangling her. You should be ashamed of yourself. Ethan steps into the house, finding the walls and floors covered in blood and body parts. Holy fuck. Lucy steps in behind him and stares in horror at the carnage. Oh my god. All we can do right now is focus on stopping him. Daniel continues choking Beth as Mike gets to his feet and charges at Radford, trying to tackle him. But Radford doesn't move as Mike slams into him, coming to a dead stop. Radford again flings Mike across the room, this time through the closet door. Daniel, still gripping Beth's throat as she struggles, glances over at Mike's bloodied body. So, <laughs> you think you'll still be pounding the shit out of me? Daniel glares down at Beth. What about you? Why the fuck are you still breathing? Just fucking die already! Daniel squeezes harder, but lets go when Ethan and Lucy bust in with guns raised. Daniel stares at them. You... <laughs> I have to be honest with you. I, I didn't see this one coming. You know, you've become such a boy scout. You've even recruited a little helper. It's over. All of this needs to stop right now. I'm just getting started. Suddenly, Mike charges out of the closet with a golf club raised at Radford. Try this on for size, fucker. Mike, don't! Mike swings the club at Radford, but Radford knocks it away, sending it flying across the room, smacking Lucy <coughs> in the head and knocking her to the floor, the shotgun falling from her grasp and sliding across the floor, stopping at Daniel's feet. He bends down and grabs it as Radford grabs Mike and raises him above his head. Ethan aims the handgun at Radford. Have it put him down. Daniel aims the shotgun at Ethan. Uh, are you sure about that? <laughs> he was literally just fucking your so-called girlfriend. Let him down. <sighs> so be it. Daniel looks at Radford. You heard him. Let him down. Radford steps up next to the bedpost and slams Mike down on it, punching it right through his chest. You motherfucker! Ethan aims the gun at Daniel, who in return aims the shotgun at Lucy, who lays motionless. 
Oh, shoot me, and I shoot her. Ethan, please help me. Daniel looks back at Beth. You need to shut your mouth. You need to go fuck yourself. Daniel hits Beth in the face with the butt of the shotgun, knocking her out. Now, where were we? Daniel takes a step toward Lucy. That's right. I was about to blow a hole through your new toy. <laughs> Daniel steps toward Ethan when Tony comes running into the room carrying a steak knife. Yo, 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 Ethan, don't worry. I got your back. Dumbass, never bring a knife to a gunfight. Daniel squeezes the trigger, unloading a round into Tony's chest, driving him back out the door and into the hallway. Ethan fires, hitting Daniel oh! in the leg and dropping him to the floor, then unloads several rounds into Radford's chest, but Radford barely flinches. Oh shit. Daniel slowly gets to his feet, clutching his bleeding leg as Ethan takes a step back. Uh, you, you fucking shot me. I was actually trying to kill you. <laughs> I just came up with a great idea for your new little toy. Daniel walks over to Lucy. Keep your fucking hands off her. Daniel smiles as he reaches down and runs his hands through her hair. She'll make such a great damsel in distress. Daniel stands up and walks over next to Radford. Remember the night train? When we were kids and we'd sneak out at night to the old train yard and watch the late train roll through. Daniel looks down at his watch. It's getting close, so I really hope you wake up in time. <laughs> wake up? Oh! Daniel quickly takes the butt of the shotgun and slams Ethan in the face, knocking him out cold. Ooh, that's gonna leave a mark. Daniel turns to Beth, who has woken up and is holding her hands up. Please. Daniel blows a hole through her as Radford picks up Lucy, then they walk out of the room. Ethan, laying against the wall, opens his eyes to find several people standing in front of him, including Vanessa. What happened? Daniel and that thing grabbed Lucy and tore ass out of here. Are you okay? What? What time is it? Ethan grips the wall and slowly gets to his feet as Vanessa looks over at a clock. It's just after midnight. I don't have much time. Ethan looks over at the bloodied bed. Somebody call the state police and tell them to meet me down at the old train yard. They all just stare at Ethan, not doing a thing. Our phones are not working. Of course. Ethan pushes through them and runs out the door. Ethan drives up a gravel road and comes to a stop in front of an old chain-link fence with razor wire, then gets out. Ethan, carrying a floor mat, tosses it over the razor wire, then climbs over. He makes his way up a small hill and finds Daniel standing in the middle of a set of train tracks. Daniel looks down at his watch and taps it. Cutting it kind of close, don't you think? Fuck you! Where's Lucy? She's lying around here someplace. Ethan takes a couple steps toward Daniel. Where is she? Daniel smiles as he looks at his watch again. That night train is rolling this way. Ethan takes another step toward Daniel. You keep taking those 
fucking baby steps in this direction, then I guarantee you'll never see her again. <laughs> Ethan takes a step back. Just let her go, Daniel. It's over. It's so not over yet. Daniel looks down at his watch again. Uh, in about ten minutes, though, it will be. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> I never thought we'd be standing in this position, Ethan. We could have been friends forever. But I guess people change. You're the one who changed. You're, you're fucking killing people. I did society a favor. The world will be a better place now that those people are gone. They both look into the distance as the bells from the night train ring through the air. Please, Daniel, where is she? Daniel limps back and forth across the track. The other night, I, I was flipping through channels when I stumbled upon one of those old-timey cliffhanger movies with the villain that always had the long, waxed mustache. <laughs> he had uh, tied this girl down to the train tracks, and the hero was, was frantically trying to save her. Ethan quickly begins to scan the tracks for any sign of Lucy. Today's movies just don't have that touch. The train's bell rings louder and louder. Daniel slowly raises a flashlight and shines it down the tracks, revealing that Lucy is tied to them. Oh, you'd better hurry. The train is getting awful close. Ethan sprints past Daniel down the track toward Lucy. Ethan gets about halfway to her when out of nowhere, <gasps> a large piece of wood knocks him to the ground. Daniel walks down the tracks toward Ethan. You didn't think I'd make it that easy, did you? Come on. I couldn't actually let the hero win, could I? Ethan looks up and spots Radford standing above him, holding a railroad tie. Ethan tries to get to his feet, but Radford swings the piece of wood down. Ethan rolls to his side, just missing getting hit by it. Ethan dodges several more attempts. Oh, for Christ's sake, hit him already! Ethan and Daniel both look down the tracks as the headlight of the train rounds the corner. This is going to be... Fucking fantastic. Ethan notices an unlocked padlock and large piece of chain laying in between the tracks under Daniel and Radford. Ethan grabs hold of Daniel's ankles. Please, don't kill me. <laughs> you had your chance. Daniel looks down at Ethan, just in time to notice him locking the padlock to the chain around Daniel's and Radford's leg and around the track. Ethan rolls off the track as Radford tries to grab him. Daniel attempts to free himself from the track, but is unable to. What the fuck? Daniel looks down the track at the headlights of the train growing closer and closer. Ethan throws a nearby switch, and the tracks shift so that the train now avoids Lucy and goes straight at Daniel and Radford. Please help me, Ethan. I can't die. Please. I, I don't want to be buried in the ground. Ethan peers down at the train, speeding toward them. Don't worry, buddy. There won't be enough left of you to bury. Daniel continues to try and break free of the chain, but is unable to as the train smashes into them. Ethan watches as the train breaks and it starts to slow. Ethan runs down the track toward Lucy, kneeling down beside her. Are you, are you okay? 
Ethan grabs the piece of duct tape over her mouth and tears it off. Is it over? <sighs> it's over. Ethan grabs the ropes and begins to untie them as sirens blare in the distance. An alarm clock sitting on the nightstand next to a bed suddenly goes off, waking Ethan up who swings his hand and smacks it, turning it off. He slowly looks over at a partially opened window and the morning sun creeping in. Lucy's arm swings over and lays across Ethan's chest. I say fuck it. Let's just stay in bed all day. Ethan grabs her hand and kisses it. That sounds awesome, but I still need to go down to the station and help them with a few more questions. I don't know why you bother. Nobody is believing us that Daniel brought Radford Owen back to life. They say it was just him and him alone. Ethan looks over at Lucy. When I get back, I promise we will spend the rest of the day in bed. Never in a million years did I ever think I'd find myself in this position with you. That makes two of us. Lucy leans over and kisses Ethan. Things can only get better from here. You've got that right. Ethan slowly gets up and walks over to the window, looking outside, then sniffs the air. You smell that? Smell what? I've... I've smelt it before. Radford had that smell. Radford's dead. You saw him get obliterated. Ethan looks back at Lucy. I know, I... I just don't know why I would be smelling it. Ethan looks at Lucy, who has a look of horror on her face. Oh, shit. The backup plan. Before Ethan can move, the window behind him shatters, and he is pulled out by a set of grotesque arms as Lucy's screams fill the room. This concludes the twisted tale created. Keep those ears open for future twisted tales of Madness and Murder Presents episodes wherever you get your podcasts.